qalu the people they said they responded inna indeed we tatayyarna bikum we consider you a bad omen tatayyarna tatayyarna tayyara right tayyara what is tatayyur tatayyur is from tayr and tayr is a bird all right that flies ta'ira from the same root what is a ta'ira what is a ta'ira airplane because it flies all right so tatayyur is a word that is used for luck right to determine one's luck so basically the arabs what they would do is when they wanted to do something new and they weren't sure whether it would be good for them or bad for them they would do something like an istikhara all right they would catch a bird and then make it fly all right if it flew to the right it meant good sign do it all right if it flew to the left bad sign don't do it so they were determining their luck by what by the flight of birds this is what tatayyur is all right but it's not just limited to the flight of birds now because we see that superstitious beliefs are you know they come in many colors they come in many forms tatayyur could be for example a cat that is you know of a particular color or a bird that is of a particular color if it is seen you know going in front of a person he would think that oh black cat walked in front of me a black crow flew over here bad sign stop don't do what you're doing this is tatayyur all right or for example it's a friday it's 13th or it's number 13 bad luck all right so the number the day the time the creature the place all right something is taken as a sign of either good luck or bad luck this is tatayyur it could even be a person all right this is superstitious belief all right so Sometimes people also take individuals as a sign of good luck or a sign of bad luck. Like for example, if there is a wedding and there is a widow that shows up or a woman who has been divorced that shows up, then people think that oh, keep away from her. Or a woman who's had a miscarriage, then keep away from her. Right? Why? Because she will bring her bad luck to this marriage, to this wedding. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he forbade us from such superstitious beliefs tiyara this taking omens having superstitious beliefs this is wrong this is something that goes against tawhid what is tawhid that we believe that all power rests with allah alone nothing happens good or bad except that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he decrees it right so The people over here they said inna tatayyarna bikum. They said we consider you a bad omen. Meaning you three mursalun, since you have come, we have been facing so many problems. So whatever problems they were facing in their town, in their lives, they blamed who? They blamed who? The prophets. Now, what do we see over here? When the people had nothing left to say, All right. Now they're resorting to lame illogical excuses. Inna tatayyarna bikum. They're blaming the messengers for their ill fate. 
They said, because of you, our peace has gone. Because of you, there is disturbance everywhere. There is social unrest. There is division in our community. And because of you, we haven't had rain. And because of you, our idols are angry. And so we have been deprived of provision. So they said, إِنَّا تَطَيَّرْنَا بِكُمْ And then they said, لَإِلَّمْ تَنْتَهُ Surely if you do not stop, if you do not cease, they're threatening the prophets now, that you better stop this preaching. If you do not stop your preaching, then لَنَرْجُمَنَّكُمْ Don't doubt our words. لَنَرْجُمَنَّكُمْ Surely, we swear we are going to stone you to death. لَنَرْجُمَنَّكُمْ This is from the root letters. رَجِمِيمْ رَجِمْ Rajum is the punishment of stoning someone to death. They said, we're going to kill you. وَلَيَمَسَنَّكُمْ And surely, we swear, it's going to touch you. مِنَّا from us عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ A painful punishment. We're going to punish you very, very severely. What do we see over here? These people are treating the prophets like criminals. First of all, accusing them of being a source of ill fate. And then secondly, threatening them with punishment if they did not stop. After verbal denial, they're becoming physically violent. In Surah An-Naml, Ayah 47 also, we see that the previous people said something similar to their Prophet. They said, You, O Prophet, we consider you to be an ill omen, a bad omen, you and also those who are with you. And we see that this has been the way of all deniers of the prophets, of all tyrants. That when they failed in argument, then they resorted to illogical, irrational responses or allegations. And they didn't just stop there. They also turned towards physical violence. Look at what Fir'aun did. What did Fir'aun do to the Bani Israel? When Musa salam came, did he inflict more punishment on the Bani Israel? He did. He turned even more violent towards them. What happened to the people of Mecca? Did they become violent towards the Muslims? Yes. Did they persecute the Muslims? Yes. There's numerous examples of that. So, قَالُوا إِنَّا تَطَيَّرْنَا بِكُمْ لَإِن لَمْ تَنْتَهُوا لَنَرْجُمَنَّكُمْ وَلَيَمَسَنَّكُمْ مِنَّا عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ Literally they said, we're going to kill you. And look at the emphasis. لَنَرْجُمَنَّكُمْ لَيَمَسَنَّكُمْ These lamb, what do they imply? Oats. Don't doubt our words. They were very serious. قَالُوا Now what happened? How did the Mursaloon respond? They said, طَائِرُكُمْ Your omen is ma'akum, it is with you. طَائِرُكُمْ ma'akum. Your omen is with you. What does it mean by this? That it's just in your head. It's just in your head. It's just your superstition. It's just your imagination. Because there's no such thing as an omen. There's no tiyara. Right? There's no superstition. Superstition has no reality to it. Because if something bad happens, it doesn't happen because a black cat walked in front of you, or because a bird flew towards the left, right? Or because it's the day of Friday and it happens to be the 13th, or because you happen to be on the 13th floor. No, that's not why. That's not the reason why something bad happened. That bad happened, why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed it to happen. He sent that. And behind that is also a reason. So they said, 
طَائِرُكُمْ مَاكُمْ It's just your superstition. It's just your imagination. Or طَائِرُكُمْ مَاكُمْ can also be understood as that you are the cause of your bad luck. Meaning if you're facing all of this hardship since we have come, it's because of your own denial. Think about Fir'aun. What happened? When Fir'aun denied, did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala send some form of punishment upon him and his people? What happened then? Did that cause Fir'aun to request Musa alayhi salam to make dua so that the punishment is removed and that if it would be removed, he would let the Bani Israel go with him? Did he say that? Yes. And don't we learn in the Qur'an that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends lesser punishment right, or lesser hardship in this life. Why? What's the reason? To wake us up. To take us out of our state of heedlessness. Because when we feel ourselves needy, then we turn towards Allah. If we have everything, all right, like for example, we can get our work done. All right, we have the money, we have the physical health, we have the time, everything's running smoothly. Then tell me, how are our du'as? Or are there even any du'as? But then, when we are stressed out because of the amount of work, or because of the difficulty of the task that is upon us, right? or when we are limited in our time, there's too much work, or there's different forms of hardship, do we turn towards Allah? Do we? Yes, we do. Almost every other moment we're saying, Ya Allah, you know, we're writing our assignment, typing it out. Ya Allah, please help me. And in the middle you just start crying. Why are you crying and making dua in the middle? Why? You just put your book on the side and you just start crying and you make dua and then you go back to your book and you read it and then you finish your assignment. Why? Because that state of hardship, it made you feel needy. You needed help. And then you realize that at 12 o'clock, you cannot call your friend, right? When it's just one day left before you can submit your assignment, you know that you can't really go to the library and do a lot of research. You know that the only way you have is turning towards who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then you beg Allah, and you beg Allah, you ask Allah for help, for sharh sadr, you know, for the matter to be made easier for you. So, over here, the Prophet said to their people, that ta'irukum ma'akum. If you're facing all of this hardship, it's because of you. Don't blame us. It's because of your denial. It is said that this town of Antioch, where the people denied these disciples of Isa salam, the town, it was deprived of rain for a very long time. So they said, look, it hasn't been raining for so long. You know what? It's these people. It's their fault. Right? Like for example, if there's any problem anywhere, right? people point their fingers towards who? immigrants or you know minorities or or anything like that they are the problem they are the reason why we are suffering so they said ta'irukum ma'akum it's your own fault don't blame us in dhukirtum ah what in dhukirtum if you are reminded meaning why are you getting so angry why are you threatening us so violently what's the reason behind all of this hate in dhukirtum is it because you have been reminded? You're threatening to kill us. You're threatening to torture us. You're threatening to stone us to death. Why? Because we reminded you of something? Dhukirtum? 
Is this how upset you are? بَلْ rather أَنْتُمْ يُوْ قَوْمٌ A people who are musrifun, Ones who are transgressing Musrifun, plural of the word Musrif Musrif is one who does Israf And what does Israf mean? To basically cross the limits of moderation بَلْ أَنْتُمْ قَوْمٌ مُسْرِفُونَ You are a people who are extremists What an extreme you've gone to In your response We are talking to you And you are threatening to kill us We are just here to deliver a message to you And you are blaming us For all of the problems that you're facing in your life What's wrong with you? بَلْ أَنْتُمْ قَوْمٌ مُسْرِفُونَ You're going above and beyond any bounds. And also, مُسْرِفُونَ If you think about it, a musrif is who? Someone who's crossing limits, alright, who's not restricting themselves to any limit. Why? Because they just want to follow their desires. Right? They just want to do whatever they want. Like for example, A person wants to go on talking however they want. So they're using foul language. They're using hurtful words. They're lying, they're exaggerating, so on and so forth. Alright? And they're not stopping at any limit. Why? Because they're just following their desire when they're talking. Right? Now if somebody warns them, please watch your words. Hold your tongue. Right? Be careful about what you say. Calm down. Relax. Hear yourself then this person gets even more angry. That how dare you, how dare you criticize me for the way I'm talking? How dare you tell me how to speak? So a person who is a musrif, he doesn't want to be warned. He doesn't want to be reminded. He doesn't like tadkir. He doesn't like it. Because Tadkir means you're telling me I'm wrong. You're telling me I have to limit myself. And I don't want to limit myself. Now if you think about it, the prophets of Allah were sent for what? Tadkir. The prophets of Allah came to tell people, live within limits. When you speak, don't go on saying everything. Right? Watch your words. When you spend, don't go on spending whatever, wherever you want. When you eat, don't go on eating anything, whatever you want. Right? When you dress, don't go on dressing however, whatever you want. There's a particular way. Correct? And the musrifun, they never like that. And this is why over here we see that these people became so angry in their response to the prophets. So the prophet said to them, بَلْ أَنْتُمْ قَوْمٌ مُسْرِفُونَ And we see that this is not just limited to the prophets. Any person who speaks up against a form of israf, then is he hated by people? Yes. He's hated by people. Because he is stopping them from following their desires. He's telling them, restrict yourselves. Control yourselves. And the musrifun do not wish to control themselves. So, أَإِن ذُكِّرْتُمْ بَلْ أَنْتُمْ قَوْمٌ مُسْرِفُونَ Now we see over here the situation became very intense. Because the people are now threatening to kill all three prophets. What happened? Wajaa, and he came. Min al Madinati. Min from Aqsa, farthest end of al Madina of that city. Aqsa from the root letters, Qafsad, wow, or yeah. And Aqsa is that which is far, 
Masjid Al-Aqsa is also called Masjid Al-Aqsa because it was far from where? From Hijaz. Alright? So, وَجَاءَ مِنْ أَقْصَى الْمَدِينَةِ From a very far place, farthest end of the city, came who? Rajulun, A man. And this man came, Yas'a. He was running. He was running. Why? Why do you think so? Because the people were about to kill those prophets. So this man, when he heard of the prophets, and when he heard of the threats that were issued to them, he came running in order to defend them. And when he came, قَالَ He said, يَا قَوْمِ O my people, اِتَّبِعُوا الْمُرْسَلِينَ Follow the messengers. Why are you kidding them? Follow these messengers. Believe in them. اِتَّبِعُوا الْمُرْسَلِينَ What do we see over here? Allah sent two prophets. The two were denied. Allah sent one more prophet. All three were denied. What happened now? The whole nation turned against these prophets. And then Allah's help came in another form. That a person belonging to that city, a local of that city, a local of that population, he came to defend the prophets. Up until this point, it seems that this man was hiding. He was concealing his faith. But now at this time, he comes forward, revealing his faith in order to defend these prophets. What's the lesson over here? No matter how much of a minority we feel we are, Allah's help will always, always come. From where we cannot even expect. From where we cannot even imagine. It's amazing how sometimes you will find yourself all alone. You're doing something right, but you see that everyone is as if turning against you. And then, someone stands up to defend you, and you never expected that they would actually defend you. I remember when I was in school, we had this school event coming up, and I was the only person in hijab. And my teacher came and she said, that when you come, don't wear that hijab on your head. And I had never heard this. This is in Pakistan, in a Muslim country. I had never heard that before. Don't wear that hijab. When you come on the day of the event, don't come wearing that hijab. And I didn't know how to respond to my teacher because, I mean, it's the teacher who's saying this. What do you say? And then what happened? This person in my school, they stood up. And this person, very, very different, not religious at all. Not religious at all. And this person actually went to the principal straight, because the principal happened to be there as the school was preparing. The principal happened to be there. This person walked up to the principal and said, the teacher said, Temya cannot wear her hijab. And the principal said, why not? She can wear it. I was shocked. What just happened? Within minutes it happened. You know, this was something very small, very small, but this is the help that I never ever imagined. I could never expect that this person, I don't even remember their name actually. I don't. I was not in their class. I was not. But they stood up for me. Why? Did they wear hijab themselves? Not at all. Were they religious? Didn't appear to be at all in any way. But they stood up to defend me. And I'm sure I'm not the only one who's experienced something like this in life. There are times when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tests us, right? When we're alone. When it's as if everybody is turning against us. No one is supporting us. But then out of the blue, out of nowhere, 
somebody comes and they defend us Assalamu alaikum a sister she was telling me she was waiting online to buy something and she was talking over the phone with her mom and then somebody was talking to her behind and she didn't know he's talking to her take off that what's in your head and go back to your country and she have no idea and then the other guy he's arguing for her and then she look you talking to me and he said yeah i'm talking to you and the other guy he defending her and she said i don't know them both of them she said start the other guy the other guy he start defending her saying it's not your business whatever she wear Yeah. And this is something that we do experience I mean not just in terms of religious matters only But otherwise also Go ahead I took my kids to non-Islamic school And they're supposed to wear a uniform And they used to wear a white blouse and a green dress And it was halfway above the knee So when I got my dresses I go according to the older ages of the kids they had and I allowed them to wear the white hijabs. So the principal and the teachers came to me and they said, you, they cannot wear hijabs in this school because people wear uniform. So I said, you know, my kids are wearing hijab. This is not something that they just started. This is how I want them to grow up. And they said, okay, why don't you just go and find something that looks exactly the same color, exactly the same color than the dress they're wearing. So I had to go to the Islamic market and find something. They were challenging me. That's what they were doing, yeah. to give up and just take the hijabs off the kids. So it happens. It happened to my three daughters. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing how you know, a person is prevented from praying sometimes or a person is prevented from, you know, Uh, doing anything that they want to do and it's it's as if no one's going to allow them but somebody speaks up somebody stands up defending them and that's exactly what happened with the prophets of Allah and in this is a very important lesson that no matter how much of a minority we are no matter how much we feel that we are alone we are not actually alone if we are upon the truth if we're doing the right thing yes for that moment we are being tested but expect help from Allah Allah will not ever leave you alone. The messengers were two, Allah helped with a third. The three messengers were denied, and the believer came. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He creates means of defense for His servants. So in this is, you know, a comfort for the Prophet ﷺ, because everybody was turning against Him. In this is a comfort for Him, that you keep on doing your work, and Allah will send help to you. The man came and he said, يَا قَوْمِ اتَّبِعُوا الْمُرْسَلِينَ Oh my people, follow the messengers. اتَّبِعُوا Follow. مَنْ هُوْ لَا يَسْأَلُكُمْ Does not ask you. He does not demand from you. أَجْرًا Any payment. Meaning, why would you not follow these messengers when they're not asking you for any compensation? They're not asking you for any return. They're not asking you for any money, for any wages. وَهُمْ مُتَدُونَ And secondly, they're rightly guided also. We learn from this ayah two signs of a sincere person. Two signs of a person whom we can follow, who is worthy of being followed. And what are those two signs? Firstly, لَا يَسْأَلُكُمْ أَجْرًا He does not ask you for any ajr. Meaning he's not selfish, rather he is selfless. Because he's got nothing material to gain from what he is giving you. Rather, he's only increasing his work. He's only contributing. He's giving of what he has. He's not asking you of any return. And secondly, what he's saying 
also makes sense. What the prophets are saying also makes sense. وَهُمْ مُهْتَدُونَ They're rightly guided. And if we look at the prophets, every prophet was such. The prophets of Allah never demanded any wage from the people. They never demanded. In fact, they only gave. They gave more than they took. They worked and they sacrificed. And what is it that they put on the line? Their wealth, their honor, their family, their comfort, everything on the line. And it really doesn't make sense why a person would sacrifice so much just to give when he's not really gaining anything in return. So this shows the sincerity of a person. They said, اِتَّبِعُوا مَنْ لَا يَسْأَلُكُمْ أَجْرًا وَهُمْ مُهْتَدُونَ وَمَا لِيَ And then he gives his own example. He says, وَمَا And what? Li for me. Meaning, what reason do I have that la a'budu? That I would not worship. Who? Alladhi fatarani. The one who created me. Why would I not worship the one who has created me? Why shouldn't I? I mean, these prophets are saying that we should worship Allah. I don't know about you, but as for me, Why shouldn't I worship the one who created me? وَإِلَيْهِ تُرْجَعُونَ And to him you all shall be returned. Now here the man, the believer, he is defending his faith. Why? Why is he defending his beliefs? Because we see that in past nations, a person could only be upon the religion of his leader, of his king, of his people. But over here we see this man has left the religion of his people and he is now following these prophets. How could he make this decision independently? How could he do that? So he's explaining that why shouldn't I? What I'm doing is that I am now worshipping the one who made me. And why shouldn't I do that? And the fact is, وَإِلَيْهِ تُرْجَرُونَ So he explains over here that I believe and worship the one who has made me. You did not make me. These idols did not make me. Our king did not make me. Allah made me. And I am worshipping Allah. And by the way, he says, you go back to him. Now there is an implicit threat over here. That not too long from now, you will stand before him, before Allah. So what do you think of your power and your authority before his power and authority? He is the Malik. Then he says, أَأَتَّخِذُ A should أَتَّخِذُ I take Should I take مِن دُونِهِ Besides him, meaning besides Allah آلِهَةً Gods, plural of ilah Meaning, should I worship Gods besides Allah? Gods other than Allah? Should I take other than him false deities? While the fact is that in if يُرِدْنِي He intends for me Yurid, yuridu, he intends, he wants. Ni, me. Meaning, he wants for me, he intends for me. Who intends for me? Ar-Rahmanu, the most merciful, meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If Allah were to intend what for me? Bidurrin, with some harm. If Allah intends some harm for me, then what's the power of all these aliha? La tughni. 
لا not تغني it can avail عني from me meaning to me شفاعتهم their intercession شيئاً anything at all ولا ينقذون nor can they rescue me ينقذوني ني at the end again indicates me so he says over here that it would be foolish if I were to worship other gods why? because they're not God and the fact is that if Allah intends something evil for me if He sends something bad my way then you know what? all of these aliha combined together they could neither intercede for me nor could they rescue me meaning their intercession would not help me and secondly their efforts to save me from Allah would not work either why their intercession would not work? Because what is intercession? What is shafa'a? Shafa'a is basically when one makes a request for the other. Why would he make a request for him? Because he's got some power or some authority that the other does not have. Like for example, if you find yourself in some problem, in school for instance, you made some mistake or your professor is not happy with you, your teacher is not happy with you. So then what do you do? You will go talk to your TA for example or some other professor for example, or a good student of that professor, of that teacher, right? To put in a good word for you. Why do you want them to put in a good word for you? Because you cannot go and defend yourself. Your professor is so upset with you, they're not even going to listen to you. So you send somebody else, right? So that somebody else is doing what? Shafa'a for you. They're interceding for you to help you out, to get you out of that trouble, to save you from that problem that you're in from the wrath, from the anger of your teacher, of your professor. You understand the concept of shafara? So, he says over here, that if I worship other gods, first of all, that is wrong, and Allah would punish me for that. And if that punishment comes my way, then all of these aliha combined, if they were to intercede, their intercession even would not help me. If they were to go and ask Allah to spare me, it wouldn't work. Meaning, these aliha, all of them together, they have no worth. They have no high position. They have no rank before Allah. And secondly, لا ينقذوني They cannot rescue me either. ينقذوني نون قاف ذال نقد Which is to rescue. انقاذ is to rescue someone from something disastrous, from something destructive, dangerous. لا ينقذوني So over here, the man, the believer, he's asking a rhetorical question. Even though the answer is self-evident, he asks a rhetorical question. That, meaning, why should I? Why should I worship other gods? And what is he hinting at over here? Why should you either? I wouldn't, and why would you? Notice, he does not directly attack them for their beliefs. Rather, he uses himself as the object. Because if he were to attack them directly for their beliefs, they would never listen to him. Right? And then here he gives multiple reasons for worshipping Allah alone. Firstly, Alladhi Fatarani, He created me. Secondly, Ilayhi Turjaun, to him you shall return. Everyone returns to him. And thirdly, the gods that you worship, they have no power against Allah. In Surah Yunus ayah eighteen, Allah says, Wayabuduna Mindunillahi Ma Laya Durruhum Walayan Fauhum. They worship besides Allah that which neither harms them nor benefits them, and they say that these gods are their intercessors before Allah.
The man says, Inni, indeed I. Idan then, lafi surely in dalalim mubin, clear error. Meaning if I were to worship other gods, if I were to do shirk, I would be in error. I would be doing something clearly wrong. There would be no doubt about my error. Again, he uses himself as the object in order to not offend the people. Let's listen to the recitation up until here and then. قَالُوا إِنَّا تَطَيَّرْنَا بِكُمْ لَإِن لَمْ تَنْتَهُوا لَنَرْجُمَنَّكُمْ وَلَيَمَسَّنَّكُمْ مِنَّا عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ قَالُوا طَائِرُكُمْ مَعَكُمْ وَهُمْ وَمَا لِيَ لَا أَعْبُدُ الَّذِي فَطَرَنِي وَإِلَيْهِ تُرْجَعُونَ أَأَتَّخِذُ مِن دُونِهِ آلِهَةً إِنْ يُرِدْنِ الرَّحْمَنُ بِضُرٍ لَا تُغْنِ عَنِّي شَفَاعَتُهُمْ شَيْئًا وَلَا يُنْقِذُونَ إِنِّي إِذَا لَفِي ضَلَالٍ مُبِينٍ 